everyone, welcome to Moving Through Life, the baseball podcast. This is one of your two hosts, Donald Lutz, a.k.a. Lutzy. And this is another one of your two hosts, Franklin Fister, a.k.a. Frank. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Lutzy. Frank and I share stories from our combined 30 years of experience in professional baseball. And we also share some of our experiences from our combined 71 years in life. Yeah, we also host guests, uh, friends of ours, and we answer questions from the listeners who feel like asking stuff. Um, And while we do that, we basically play around and explore ideas that blend things we've learned from our time in baseball and with baseball um, with experiences in life and try to show how those worlds overlap for us and explore how they can help each other um, for us and others. And if you stay till the end of the episode, Frank also creates some music, which is amazing. So just make sure you stay to the end to check out Frank's songs. We plug into these episodes and enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to episode 20, everyone. How's everybody doing? Frankie, how are you? Doing great, Don. How about you, bud? Yeah, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Uh, yeah. Today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to have a short little chat about two-strike hitting. So remember, if you guys might want to get your notepad out, take a couple of notes, then we might have a short little chat about the last day of a season in the minor leagues, which usually comes with some madness. And then we might finish with a little special question about development at the end. Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Let's get it going. Yes, sir. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, man. First one, because um, we wanted to make this episode sort of educational, but I thought we'll start with a good little baseball chat about two-strike hitting. So first question I got for you sort of to share with our listeners, how Frankie P sort of had different two-strike approaches, let's say, throughout your career, and then maybe what one or two of those looked like. And I mean, like, kind of what was your your thought process in the box? As you said, that was yeah. a little weird. So I'm pretty excited. Nice. Yeah, disclaimer. Um, I don't know. I, I'll say this. You, you don't get no more disclaimers. To, no, I get a disclaimer. I get, I get as many disclaimers <laughs> okay. as I want. This yeah, is the like, disclaimer zone. like a mulligan. Okay. Thank you. Nice try. No, this is a disclaimer for the kids that um, whatever I say Whatever you say too, but I feel like between us more so, whatever I say, just because of out of respect for your, for both of our careers, but also for your career, because there is something different um, about being yeah, a big leader. I, I would say I was the worst two strike hitter. Or no, yeah, no, no, that's, and that's, that's cool. I, um, the big thing from it is, that whatever we say is like our stories of it and our relationship with that situation. And if you're playing and listening, it's, I believe it's important to explore your own relationship with that situation. And then getting to hear like anything we do or talk about here that you get to listen to other people's stories or watch other people learn from your teammates or, you know, however you do it. And then have your own experience too, and take what um, what works for you, and filter through, sponge the rest. Like I think we talked about way back in the day. So, two strikes. I think, um, 
at my best or my favorite time, um, I actually didn't change anything. At my, I, I think I, I always could kind of grind out at bats and I had pretty good hand-eye coordination. So I don't, in the grand scheme, I didn't strike out much, but I also had phases, especially in the minor leagues where I would chase balls out of the zone. And that was a harder thing for me. I could put them in play, but I would chase them. And um, I really got frustrated with myself swinging at slide at like low pitches in the dirt that weren't strikes. And like, I, I just would feel really frustrated. So um, at my best kind of later in my career, I think I got to a place if I'm remembering right, where I would notice the count. All right. Two strikes. Got it. To be aware of the situation. And then I would honestly try to forget the situation and see a pitch up out over the zone and, and hit it, hit it hard. Like mm-hmm. I remember, I remember Griffey senior, like that was my favorite advice was it seemed like everything that I said to him when I was worried and doubting and overthinking, um, he would just say, Frankie, you're fine. Like get a pitch you can handle and get the head out, get a pitch you can handle and put a good swing on. And the simplicity and his consistency with that was really helpful. And so I think honestly, at my best, I stuck with it because I didn't swing and miss much, especially I I had a less of a chance of swinging and missing if I was looking for a pitch up and out over the plate for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a better chance to change from lefty to righty, a left handed pitcher to a right handed pitcher. That's that's cool. That's cool. So that's sort of nice. I, I if I'm remember again, I'm trying to think when I was at my best at my best. I remember having a teammate named Jeremy Millens, who's still one of the greatest teammates ever, who was basically like a hitting coach for us as a teammate. And he he made me aware of subtle things of like where guys were standing on the rubber and what guys would try to do. So if it was a lefty who had a lot of sink, I might look for it more middle in because then it would float into my zone. His, mm-hmm. you know, The pitch he would use most would float into that zone of up out over the plate but I'd still look up. So like, it was almost like my base point was, was I, I have long arms. I feel a little, you know, I'm, I'm more likely to chase low. I feel a little better with, with pitches up, even though I think I, you know, maybe, I don't know, I might've done more damage with balls down, but it was like, if I, if they start up, I got a better chance. Um, it might be, you know, different these days because guys throw harder and and there's, there's different stuff going on. But it, it, what was cool is if I started with what my strength was and then adjusted off of what I was seeing and what the guy was doing, then I, I felt like that was at my best. And then I tried to maintain that even with two strikes because the last thing I wanted was to increase tension and get into don't strike out mode. And then all of a sudden, like, then I lose the, I lose the focus game. I get distracted by the situation rather than knowing the situation letting it go and being back in the moment yeah does that make feedback yeah you also took a little bit of feedback of like how the pitcher would attack other right-handed hitters or like sort of what his tendencies were yeah at my best so so a lefty you know a lefty again if it's up out over the plate if that's where i'm looking and he has heavy sink 
I might be likely to chase it. So if I adjust my sights a little bit in, then I'm all right. But then I'm aware, I got to be aware of what that slider does. But then that's nice because if I'm looking a little more middle in and up, mm-hmm. then the slider's a ball if it starts there. Yeah. A sinker I can crush because that's going to float out over the plate. Um, you know, like the, the guys who were able to do both or the guy, like, like the hardest for me was like a guy who, you know, the guys who throw really hard and can beat you up in the zone and have something nasty that falls off because then it's like, okay, if I look up the fastball up dominates and then you just, yeah, then you just pick one and try to commit. Um, and, and again, it's like that plan. I felt most confident three, one. Mm-hmm. obviously. And then, and it's weird. It was almost like as I had more experience and as I could let what some, like what, what Griffey had told us, like as, as the more I let that marinate and saw like, Oh man, he says that all the time because that might be true all the time. So for me, you know, so like, yeah. oh, oh, like know the situation and then whatever it is, let the situation bring me back to what my strength is. And then I'm, at ease and then I'm more confident in what I'm doing because it's simple. It's simple and it's addressing what the context is. I know the situation of the game. I know the outs. I know the count. And I have my approach that, that, you know, I'm committed to it where while the pitcher is trying to throw me off, it confuse me and make me change it. Yep. Sounds good. I mean, shoot, I, I, you know, I would say that's pretty advanced. Like that's pretty. In that's depth. pretty good. So, uh, like a, a hitter, I feel like if you play baseball, like you can, you can probably take some from this to either mix it into your own little flavor, little juice mm-hmm. that you can take some from it. Definitely, that's good stuff. Yeah, and so like, so like for an example, just a different one from the lefty. So if I'm a righty and the guy's throwing sidearm, and he has nasty sink, which was a hard one for me. If I can get two eyes on the release point and then look for it almost even more out over the plate. Then I got to really commit to a fastball, but that's my best chance because that's going to come back in. Does that make sense? And, and then the guy was, with, a, with, a, with a pitch like that, probably yeah. ground ball pitcher, and he's going to yeah. lean on that heavily. So. Yep. And that was another subtle thing that like the adjustments were more about what part of the ball I was picking up. So like if I could keep what I was looking for up out over the plate, up out over the plate, I was better off unless it was extreme. Then, then I could adjust like what part of the ball I was looking at. So like he's trying to get a ground ball. Cool. I'm going to attack the lower part of the ball. Um, and that was, those are like subtleties that I felt like I could chew on and play with that weren't taking me away from my plan. That was like an in an in-game adjustment that wasn't, so comp where it's like, oh man, I'm, I'm rolling over. I'm doing, it's like, all right, cool. I, I can't change that now. That's what I'm doing. I'm falling off. I'm, I'm whatever. I'm spinning off. I'm flying open, all that. It's like, cool. Yeah. I'm flying open. I'm hitting the top. Fine. I'm just going to, I'm going to take whatever I got and go, go into this attack in the bottom part of the ball and change what I'm, what my sights were. And again, it was like the simplicity of it was actually what I think at my best loosened me up to, get back to playing and not get distracted by, you know, Mm -hmm. those doubts or, or the uncertainties or the complexity They helped me simplify as an overthinker. I needed those simple things. I was going to say in terms of overthinking, uh, what was your, 
how do I say this? Um, the fear of striking out. Like I think the fear of striking out exists in a lot of hitters, and I feel like sometimes you can tell on certain swings when guys are afraid to strike out. How did yeah. you handle that at times? Like, I like yeah. give a young kid one piece of advice who's scared to strike out. One little one, a nugget, piece of gold. Yeah. So what's funny? Again, like get, getting to know yourself, I think is huge because not, I think getting to know yourself is huge. I actually was more, fr it's like what I was most frustrated about was getting jammed because that was just an ego thing, you know, like getting blown up. It was a big ego thing. I didn't like getting jammed. And so, and I, I'd, I'd, I'd almost, or, or like, I didn't like hitting it softly. In some ways, I almost looking back on my career, I would have been better off swinging and missing more, you know, like committing to, to committing to it and swinging and missing more rather than like what ED would talk about and try to manipulate my swing to put it in play. I felt like that actually hurt me, you know? And um, so it was less of like a fear of striking out. I didn't like striking out. And especially in situations where like, it helped the team to put it in play. I was good at those, I felt. Um, but again, it was similar to the strike zone thing where it was like, at my best, it's like, I want to try to get a pitch I can handle. I get a pitch I can handle and, and put a good swing on it and, and hit it hard or, you know, whatever. Um, and if, if you had, like, knowing that fear, which we all have some kind of fear or some kind of thing that really frustrates us with hitting because it's so hard and we have those things and it could be a, it could be more than one thing you know if you don't like getting jammed and you don't like striking out like welcome to frank's hitting world man it was, it's a mess um but you can clean up the mess kind of by knowing it's a mess and then picking picking something simple to stay with that you know puts you in the best spot you can to barrel the ball up like that's what it comes down to i think i feel like barrels were fun I could barrel one and it felt good. And I felt like I was on the right path. It could still be frustrating, but like barrels were cool. So even with strikeouts, it was like, all right, I don't want to strike out. I don't want to strike out. It's like, well, you're setting yourself up to strike out rather than setting yourself up to get a pitch you can handle and put a, put a nice swing on it, you know, get a yeah. pitch you can handle and find a barrel. Uh, it was fu it's funny. You said How about you? You wish you would have swung and missed more. Yeah. Where I, I felt like I had situations where I was, I wanted to manipulate the barrel and the bat, mm -hmm. like if no one was on. Yeah, just to make some happen. Like obviously, I don't want to strike out. Where maybe early in the count, I'd be a little more aggressive. And then there was times where I was okay with a swing and miss, with sort of like a power swing, whatever. Like I felt like I had sort of had a power swing and a contact swing. But first or something, or first and third where I'm like, man, I kind of want to hit a fly ball. I'll probably accept more sometimes to strike out instead of just rolling in a super weak double play. Awesome. Where I'm like, ass out, one-handed dribbler. Where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to try to get the ball in the air. Because like a double play could be complete rally killer. But that, that's where everyone's a little bit different, where... Yeah, and that's so difference. cool. If you're like a super fast player, you're like, nah, I'm just going to put it in play because I'm going to beat out the double play. Yeah. 
and that's I still well, you have. That. Yeah, I mean, you have. You are the, yeah, fa- the, yeah, I mean, the fastest. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And and it's hard to take like when you have above average human speed and above average human power. Well, off the charts human power. That's where I mean it's tough, Don. I don't know. It must have been tough navigating all of. All, yeah, you got to pick one of those strengths to really lean on because both are often there, and that's why yeah. you're the greatest. And I would um, say the homer is more fun. <laughs> Then beat not a double play ball, but both works. Yeah, they do. But that's that's what's cool. What you were talking about about the situation. It's so funny because that's using the situation to your advantage. You know, it's like if you can take the situation, base runner, like where the base runners are. What's the count? What's the score? What's the outs? If I know where I am, if I know my situation, then you can go from that situation to simplify how to put yourself in the best spot to have fun with it. And, to, and to, to have success, whatever your view of success is for that situation. So like a, a, what's the worst, the worst case is that double play instead of being or worst case in some situations can be a strikeout for you. That advanced thinking is like, nah, man, it's like the team hitting there is so cool to me where a strikeout can actually be better than a double play sometimes. And yeah. then sometimes, sometimes getting blown up, you know, getting, getting breaking a bat and just putting it in play moves a runner over, and that works. And so that's where, like, a lot of high fives. Oh, and and high fives are it, as I think we've talked about before. So it's so cool. Like, the more advanced it can seem or get, the game itself helps us simplify. If that makes sense, where it's like, mm-hmm. what what what's the situation? How can I help the team and and myself enjoy this the most? And then how do I put myself in the best position for it? And practicing doing that quickly, I think, is really cool. That's when the game, that's when it's fun with competition, which goes into something else we were going to talk about. But to not get too distracted with it, like, that's it to me. Because we want the high fives. And sometimes we want the high five, like the high fives. When the high fives come, even when we're going to be hard, like, I'll get blown up and I'll be frustrated. But if I'm getting high fives because it helped the team, Again, it broadens my view of what a win is. It's the knocks, right? It, it gives you get a mover runner over knock, dude, and then your buddy drives them in. All of a sudden, dude, the game is not a game of failure anymore, <laughs> which is yeah, that's an edge. Sort of yeah, and so and that's actually cool. You say that because for it's not just situation; it's also personal. Because there were times, my most fun times playing, I had teammate. I had a teammate, Steve McQuail who is the man he um i'm trying to minimize i'm trying to not tell stories about steve because he's he's just he's one of the greatest teammates and hilarious but when you have somebody that that reminds you and holds you to what it is that you want to do when for me if i i would almost i would almost be pumped about when i was playing every day especially and depending on the situation for the team there were times where I would rather take strikeout looking on a low and away fastball because in that location where it was, again, I'm trying to see it up and out over the plate. If I take a two strike low and away fastball where the sights are low and away, I'd rather do that and feel that I didn't break down and I took it early and it was on the border and the guy got the call. I'd feel better about that walking back in. And I can say to my buddy who knows it, I can say, dude, did you see me lay off that? And did you see yeah, me lay off the other absolutely. sliders? Because that maintains, it might lose that little, that little, it loses that game. But 
for the long term, I maintained my posture, I maintained my approach and didn't let him distract me with an early inning situation, which then two innings later with a guy in scoring position, I'm feeling good because I maintained my stuff, stayed with my game. And now you're in the draft you know, Now I'm crushing. And, and it's weird because like talk about power, real internal power is when a pitcher wins or the other team gets a little win but you as an individual and you as a team are flipping it and you're like, bro, I, I, I got him. He thinks he won that one, but I got him. And there's nothing like there's nothing tougher. I feel like than to, to, to get what you think is a win and have it not phase the other team or not phase the other guy you're competing against that talk about mental, like that's, that's a whole other level. And that's cool when it's actually sincere and it's from a place where, you know, like from you setting yourself up or setting your team up to win, it's not fake. Does that make sense? Like yep. if you strike, you strike out and you're actually not phased. You're not throwing your helmet. You're. I mean, I'm not phased, anyways. But well, you're a different beast. You're like saying. you're a big leaguer. I'm I'm the head case. And so like like if you can if you can as a head case get to a point where you see a guy like Don strike out instead of roll over. You strike out in a situation you're like, hey man, I'm good. Because now this guy can drive him in. What was your trick? I also had a little trick I always told myself. A coach told me, I don't remember who, when I was young. They're like, you know, power hitters strike out all the time. So you just know you're going to strike out. That's cool. Because you can change the outcome of the game with one swing. You don't need eight at bat if if you can do damage. Say that again. You can just, I mean, what, the outcome? You, you can change the outcome yeah. of the game with just one swing. That's why when you when you have juice or you're, like, a little more aggressive, you factor in some strikeouts. You just use your strengths. Would it be with two strikes or no strikes? So 3-1 or 3-0? I was actually going to say earlier, you said you felt the most comfortable 3-1. Um, I think. I don't yeah. know, man. I don't did you ever Did you ever get, like, 3-1, 3-0 change-ups thrown? That's well, probably like I say, I was most comfortable. I still, I still know that I got too big, you know, like there, there might've well, been well, sometimes. I think every hit yeah. So, um, but I do there, you know, I, I do remember one game against a pitcher who was nasty and I, and I got, I, I could not, I was chasing the change up a ton and that was like, that was nasty and he didn't throw it every pitch, but like, it was almost like he was doing anything he could to set that up. And I was biting and I was battling. And I remember again, later in my career, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to take his heaters and I'm going to wait. I feel like I could see it out of his hand a little bit. Like if he throws three heaters, he's going to get me, I'm going to give it to him. But if he throws me a change up, up in the zone, I am, I'm going to unload. Like, and it's funny because I've heard, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard people talk about it and I never understood it. It's one of those things like you're going to hear, like you hear coaches say things and they're, especially we were lucky. I had some really good coaches who like did it, but like you hear some coaches who are saying things, who are saying things from experience and they're dropping gold and you don't get it. That's why exploring it for yourself, I think is so important because it doesn't really matter until you actually feel it. And I like, it's some of those things, man, I'm so grateful that I got to play long enough to feel some of them, even if it was, you know, even if it was like 
whatever late in my career means, but like, you know, towards the end of it. And even if it didn't, it, it, it's like, it was cool. It was like, I got a sense of like, Oh, that's what he was talking about. Sick, dude. I get it. I could see how, you know, if you get this four years earlier and then you get to work with this, like, Oh, different game, you know? Um, and, and so it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful to have both had some amazing people drop those little dimes and then get to play long enough to feel a few of them, you know? Um, like you talk about the cat and mouse game, dude, you, you get that, you know, you get that on a whole different level. That's where, um, I love sitting in house speed sometimes. That's cool. Yeah. For anyone too, who's I, young, who doesn't know, sitting on off speed means we're just kind of like committing to him throwing like a bad breaking ball. Obviously you're going to get beat with the heater. That's why I don't like to do it a lot. Mm -hmm. That's where tendencies come and play. We're like previous at that, so history, competing with guys. Then if the hang one, these are like the easiest balls to hit really far. Like, yeah. And I used yeah. to actually freeze on them. I remember the line of the shields. He's like, he saw me freeze on them a lot. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you don't even have to swing hard. It's, yeah. Anyways, Dude, I, I said it's, it's fun. So. No, and, and it's funny. I mean, again, like, I, I remember Delano, there was one game where I actually, like, hit a first pitch, first pitch heater, like, was ready, kind of ambushed, but, like, saw it and went for it. And then this is where I would over, I would over lean on some of the advice. And I was like, not what Delano had said, but I'd over lean on what I had heard, like, some of the cat and mouse things. And this is why, like, staying with a plan until you see it and you make a change is, I feel like, is important and trusting your own eyes and what you're feeling on the in the field is so important because i remember that next at bat we were in helena and delino was either a manager or hitting coach and i i crushed one dude and i was like yeah man we're putting in work I'm, I'm getting going next at bat i'm like he's not gonna throw me a heater again i'm taking this you know i, I like i i over cat and mouse yeah, yeah which is be it's it's nonsense instead of i let i let the success oh yeah i let the success distract me from the reality of the situation, you know? And, and I remember him saying like, dude, what, what were you doing? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I figured I got him on the first year. Why would he do that again? You know, like you think, I don't know. So that's why. That's funny. I, I like, got a, I got an ED story for that one where first I'd be, I'd go up way back. Mm -hmm. And then I come to the dugout and he's like, you know, pitches are dumb, right? You're probably going to get the same pitch again next at bat. Better be ready. And then nice. Yep, smacked another one. I was like, cool. That was like, that's a moment where I was like, yeah, actually, Whoa. you're not that important. You know, there's nine guys nice. in the lineup. There it is. Or, you're not that good. Yep. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, there's nothing, you're not that important. It's not, it's not a bad thing. It's not a negative thing. You know, be positive. You are important. It's like, if you think about it, it's like, you're not that important. You're a part of it, which actually makes, your importance even more powerful. It's powerful to not be that important because then the little things you do, even when they're unseen, they spread ripples. They make changes. You can make a big impact and not be that important. Um, so that's pretty cool. And, and that reminds me of, of Smokey Garrett, dude, all time hitting coach too, where he would, I, I would like, I'd take these swings and, and um, Al was very similar because I think he had Smokey too as a, as a coach. But Smokey would go after every swing, like 
he'd go, attaboy, Frankie, attaboy, Frankie. I'd, I'd like foul one into the net, attaboy, Frankie, attaboy, Frankie. I'm like, what? And then, you know, then I'd crush one and it was the same thing. Attaboy, Frankie, there you go, right there, Frankie. And, and it was like, you know, same, same kind of magic that, that Griffey Sr. was dropping on us where it's like, oh man, I like that a boy, you know? And then I started believing him, which is another funny one where um, I think sometimes we can get hypercritical of ourselves or of, you know, if we're coaches of what we see instead of kind of letting it play out and just being like, Hey, like help, help simplify, you know, we don't, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's tough. Simplifying, and, simplifying uh, is very advanced, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's jump on the next competition. All right. Like we're instead yeah. of like maybe from a coach's standpoint or like a team standpoint, um, Yes, like what's the difference, or what do you what do you draw the line between like fun and competition? Let's talk about that for a sec. Okay. First of all, Don, what's what is fun for you? For me, fun is when I win my battle with the pitcher, because like okay. I sort of I sort of sort of guess probably like a location or a pitch most times. And then I want to be successful in that. So every single pitch is fun for me. doesn't matter if I get a hit or not. <laughs> so wow. It's just. And that's like, folks, ladies and gentlemen, anybody who's listening, that's called beating the game. If everything's a win for you, you've beaten the game. And then the only hard part is trying to navigate boredom because then you're going to try to make things. No, I'm just kidding. That's awesome, Don. Yeah, I mean, defense is not like defense is cool too, but like I said, I always wanted to just DH. So if I could, <laughs> if I could just so hit cool. I was every, every single thing, like I, I enjoy running the bases. I do that as well. I enjoy like the little things, just same thing. If I can swipe a bag, oof, that's a win. Probably that's do it cool. maybe two oh, or yeah. three times a year, but it's mainly just every single pitch where you're competing, you're giving yourself a chance to then, like, so obviously. That- just let's just say you catch a barrel, you hit a ball in the barrel. That's obviously very a lot of fun and can come with rewards. High fives are awesome, but main like my fun is yes, walking up there and battling every single pitch. That's awesome, and and that's cool because I mean just with the question that we had talked about, you know, fun and competition, that relationship. It's like if your fun is competing. It puts you in a pretty nice spot to, you know, like it's a joy. It puts you, it's a joy yeah, to get. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. probably that's that's likely a big part of why you are as good as you are. You know, both as a player and a coach, because if if your fun is competing, then there's a playfulness with the competition, and then like, then you're really like working with fire as like fuel. You know what I mean? Like you're, pl- you're, you are playful and respectful with it. If if it's, if it's genuine and um, what's funny, I, I feel like, um, yeah, cause it's fun. It's not like uh, the competing is fun. There's a playfulness to the competing. The competing can get out of whack sometimes. I feel like for people and for people in like in big spotlights, you know, um, and it can be tough because 
if that's sincere for you, like, cool. So like, what happens if like, did you have any teammates where competing where it was like the winning itself was the fun. And so the competing, it wasn't, the competing wasn't the fun. It was actually winning was the fun. So you were relying on a result. Like, did you have any, you know, mm, you I was saying not too like much. That? Like obviously, yes. Like yeah. it's, it's so weird. Cause if you're talking, there's a difference, let's say between winter ball, the minor leagues, where in the minor leagues, mm-hmm. a lot of guys are out for their own, trying to make it to the top. You know what I mean? You, you probably have like 500 teammates if you play there for a while over the course of like 10 years. So there's so many moving parts, but I would say a win in general, I think there's like a same thing. Like winning feels good, yep. obviously. Winning, but then again, I also had teammates when we won, they had a bad game. They would be happy. Because they're all they're thinking about is just their personal performance. So yep. I feel like if you have a good team, then the winning is really fun. Yeah, that's cool. I that's a hundred percent, and like I I agree. And I I also feel like there's a bit that again was from some of the cool coaches, at least for me. I don't know how you feel about it, but like the respect for the game, you know, like to win, like to see how respecting the game whatever that means exploring what that means is important but like to win with that respect for the game right like to see i don't know to 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 get fired up about a teammate's ball in the dirt read you know like for me it took practice i i wasn't i wasn't natural i think i think i could say i loved competing but honestly like I really didn't like losing and I still don't. Um, but I, I think baseball and again, some pretty awesome guidance from people and from the game and the people who are the greatest, I think, let the game teach, but then of like, of seeing what you were describing, you had, you were one of the people who, who helped me see that too and like really experience it and then get to practice it because Again, I, I think we've talked about it before. I remember somebody, probably maybe Shark, giving up a huge homer, who's a good friend, and like you, you standing there during the pitching change with the glove over your mouth and being like, Frank, is it okay? Like, is it okay that I'm like really excited to have seen that home run? And it was crazy. And but that's like I was thinking about it today, man. Where you can you can be excited about the game and still want and still be competing so you can be you can respect and appreciate something amazing that someone on another team does yeah and still really want to win it doesn't take away from your wanting to win no it's in fact i I also respect the craft like i said it it was like a tape measure shot yeah and i feel like yeah i just respect it because it's so hard to do and that's i think that's my favorite thing like that when like the fun, the fun is like the fun are those moments where I were like, here was what was really fun to me. I loved fielding. So I wasn't, I wasn't like you with hitting, hitting is hard. I loved fielding. I love taking ground ball. I was probably best at it of my, of the things. And I just loved it. I felt smooth. Even when I made errors, there were times where I really struggled and I had fielding yips too. Um, where I kind of lost the fun, but 
overall taking grounders was the best for me. And even then the fielding yips helped me get to a point where it wasn't about fielding, making a play or even being smooth. It was about being in rhythm with the game. And it was when I learned how to put myself in the best spot to, to make the play. So like if, if for those people who love winning or hate losing and don't quite have that like genuine thing that you talked about that you have where it's like, no, I love competing, man. Every pitch is a win for me. Even if I, even if it doesn't look like a, like you got a special thing, dude, which is part of why you're the greatest. Um, if you don't, I feel like part of that was like, at least for me, was if I put myself in the best spot to, if I learned what I needed to do to put myself in the best spot to let the play happen or let it, let it come to me or get whatever success, which again, I, I like a lot of coaches might've said it, but I remember Barry Larkin talking about it with fielding a lot. Like that's what opened it up because then I could really practice being pumped about putting myself in the best spot. You know, um, I, yeah, does, does that make sense? Like, yeah, I also I like the, the competition part, the competition yeah. and fun. Cause you asked like, sort of where's a, where's a line or a different, I felt like in terms of like the fun you, yep. but the competition part is, I think as long as your whole team, including yourself are there. Yeah mentally locked in and just like yeah. do whatever they do on the field because everyone has yeah. different approaches and whatever. I think then the competing will take care. Like whoever is better that day will win. Like whoever, nastiest starting pitcher, whoever, you know, there's all these factors which go into winning and losing ball games. Uh, mm-hmm. And focus is a big one of it, especially late in games. So I feel oh, yeah. as long as your team is like there, in terms of mentally locked in for all whatever nine or fifteen innings, however long the game is, then the computer yeah. will take care of itself, and you can find your own ways to have fun as well, even Whew. if you suck. You said it. Play that one back, folks. That one's beautiful. And it like um, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> let me shoot you one more question though, because we're running out of time. We, I wanted to yeah. touch base on the last day of a season. If you maybe have a short little story or just want to tell someone what a minor league day getaway for you looked like like last day of the season yeah you're not in the playoffs like minor league season's over whatever rookie ball oh a, a quick one yeah it kind of it depends on the team obviously if you want not like, start off yeah you go I'll give you an example no i just so i remember it's your your teammates have been away from the families six seven months Everyone was, you know, you're pretty exhausted by then physically. You might have gotten a call. You're like, hey, you're going to instruct. You really, really, or at least for me, as an international traveler, like, I want to get home as soon as possible. So I just remember getaway day, there was a lot of panic. There would be, like, almost fights in the line because you wouldn't get your flight information until after the game. So nice. Sprinting inside, trying to see the trainer for the flight information to then book it. And uh, I just remember it was madness. It was always pure madness. But then again, it came with like a reward of going home, chilling, or seeing the family. So I thought that was always interesting. Yeah, it's a hard one. Like, 
it, again, it depended on the teams for me. But if we're going, if we're going a team that, you know, it, it depended on the team. Not even if it was a good team or a bad team. Like on the field wise, it was like the people, because mm-hmm. there's a bit of it. Like I remember, um, I remember Mario Soto talking about that. Where like he's like, dude. He's like, it's, 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 it's the people, you know, like he was such a big person about that. And I always appreciated that about him. And as much as he knew, and as much as he would share and be around and what he gave to everybody when he cruised through, like he kept it light and he would keep it about the people. And like, I think that's true. And so some year, again, it's like you said, like you can get so lost and distracted and like, what's happening, what's my flight times, you know, what am I throwing away, cleaning out the locker, um, you know, giving stuff to what, what am I going to give to fans? Am I give stuff to friends trying to get stuff from friends? You know, like, um, that was always a funny one. And then I don't know. I, I, it, it was a hard did you one. Drive, I, did you drive a lot of times so or would you fly? Most of the time. Cause our team, I, I think I always ended. No, that's not true. In indie ball, I drove with uh-huh. the with the reds i always ended away so i'd I'd be ready for flights you had international travel that's a whole different deal yeah, um, it, it was it was a long travel day coming up but always super excited yeah and i i like you're all like I, i could sit here and pretend like like even talking about how important the people are i'm excited to go home like you get to you get to get i mean back. i'll tell like, you, you get, i'll tell you frankly like i could not wait to get yeah. the fuck out of there I believe it. Like as most people, because it was it's such a grind. Like, yeah. Uh, if you're playing a kind of forty games for spring training, maybe another ten. Yeah, and it's literally like, okay, go home, see ya. Yeah, and and I think that's it's a cool thing to be able to be real about that, and then still compete and play the game well. You know, to take care of yourself and finish it. Like, I think that's, that's an art too, you know, like you can talk about it and it's really hard to do and you're never actually, it's never actually going to be the same as if you're competing for a playoff spot or whatever, but like to still, you know, give whatever, whatever it is that you got in the tank and still be in that moment. I think part of that is actually, you know, enjoying those moments. And there was, there was a bit of fun of like having those bags packed and knowing that you were cruising out, um, And then, you know, yeah, those usually make, turn into quick games too. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a bit of it too, that like, you don't always, like, it doesn't always wrap up, you know, like it doesn't always wrap up neatly. Like you kind of just get in, get out and go, which I think helped me appreciate or like kind of see, uh, experience a little bit of that feeling of like, if I'm appreciating these people, my teammates, the guys I love, you know, every day, then when I get released or then when I, when the season's over, it doesn't sneak up on you as much and you can actually be in it each day, which is a hard thing. But I think that's a cool life lesson that is still trying to remember is like, you know, if you get same thing, like set yourself up to make a play. It's like, if we can set ourselves up to remember the gratitude for those things that we, you know, that, that are always there. You know, like I think we talked about in other episodes, those gratitude reminders. I think it makes it so that that last day is, even though it's a chaos, um, you can kind of be like, yep, deuces. Like, I'm excited to go home, and this was awesome, and we'll see ya. Or this sucked. This was a hard year. I'm excited to go home. See ya. 
I'll get the lessons of it, you know, another time. I'll get the lessons in a couple months. Yeah, I got another <laughs> little story. There's, yeah. I remember the last day I was in Pensacola. I think we played uh, the D-backs, Mobile, Mobile, Alabama. Anyways, I hit a ground ball the first. And remember how we talked about last even if it's getaway day, last day of the year. I remember I, mm-hmm. I, I tried to beat the pitcher to the bag after the game. The pitcher came up to me and he was mad. He's like, dude, why are you running so hard? It's like last day of the season. Like, let's just get the fuck out of here. And I was like, like, this guy didn't understand that I was still, like, you know how hard it is yeah. to base hits in, in double A? This guy did not oh, understand yeah. that. First of all, I hustle anyways all the time. None of those. Yep. Peace of mind. And, which got me called up to the big leagues the following year. And nice. I believe he got released a year later. So shocker. We're talking about like, not shocker. That's not fair. But I, I meant shocker. Oh, that that, yeah, to, there's a, like remember what, because we <laughs> talked about focus and everything and hustling and all the like the fundamentals. So there's a little yeah, teaching moment for the young pups. If anyone's listening, you yeah. still play hard all the time. Even yeah, I, and even if it's selfish, can I tell a funny little selfish one? Please. I, please. In um in the GCL, dude, our our GCL glory team with PK, oh, um, yeah. dude, it was the last day, and it was that was a hard year because of just like learned a ton, mm-hmm. but just really hard and hard to see all all that we got to learn in the moments. But I remember that last day, dude, just grinding, and and I I actually rem- I hit a walk off, dude, on our last day in the GCL. Hey. But check this out. Hit it down the line. Run scores. I, again, all this stuff that, that I could say that might sound cool or whatever, you know, that, that sounds great. Like, you know, I, I was a little shithead too a lot of times. So, so like, Where was but it I hit it. I hit it down the line. Run around second. Yep. Hit it down the line. It's a knock. Could have celebrated around first. I, I dug to get into second because my thought was like, that was a double. a double. I'm getting a double. <laughs> I'm getting a double. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's where, you know, like, it's a weird thing. It's a fine line. Like, I'd love to pretend like, oh, it's, you know, it's not selfish. It's not about this. It's not about that. But it's like, I wanted the double, bro. And, yeah. and it's funny because I do think that's cool where some things like hustling and playing hard and finishing a play and making them, you know, like some of those little things, those nuggets of gold, they work no matter what your motivation is. So you could be what some might consider a selfish player or motivated by stats or motivated by whatever and still be a good teammate and still respect the game. It's not just a rah-rah thing. And I think that's true with the fun too. We're like doing things the right way, big picture, right way, like explore that and learn that, but like doing things the right way in rhythm of the game, the things that work when you're slumping or, and when you're killing it. Practicing that to me is fun. And that's like team fun. When you do that and you don't let the score distract you from doing things that way, Billy D, you know, everybody's talking about the Cardinal way, the Yankee way. Why don't we just talk about, you know, why don't we just talk about doing things the right way? Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's genius. It's so yeah. simple, but it's like, that's legit, dude. Yeah. And then um, I got a boy question for you. Yeah. Hit me. Development. Or yeah. it could be for a kid or a pro player. Um, is it? Do you think it's good to spend like an entire season on an absolute ass team and like get your ass kicked to learn like how to deal with failure or like how to stay positive in tough times? Like, 
Nice. Should everybody go through one pool minus yeah, I always like a yeah. 70, 30 percent uh, winning losing record. Just like, get your teeth. I don't. Like, I, I've been it's hard, man. Like that. It's hard, dude. I get I get hesitant. I get a little squeamish on the good bads because yeah. we don't know. Like every, that's a, that's a quirky special. Like we're we don't know what it's for. You know. I think I was. <laughs> it was. It was. I was having like. I was overthinking a relationship, you know, like a, about a girl. And, and, and I remember him being like, dude, you don't, you don't know what it's for yet. And then, and we relate it to baseball too, you know? So all this stuff ties together where it's like, you know, and there's, I think some cool, uh, like a Zen story about the, the man and the, and the horse. Have you heard that? It's not quick. So maybe I wait on it. What do you think? Yeah. Let's wait on it. I just let's want to wait know on that. The point yes is, no. the point yeah. is, I think I think it's I think it all plays. So would it be good for I think you there's, or not? Yeah, hundred percent. But I I also even even when I'm at my worst, I'm you know I figured yeah. out. So, but that's where I do think hundred percent, and I I believe that that I think that's the it might be the strongest way to learn how to win with honor and to really respect the game is to feel all of it. And it's the only, like, like, that's what love is, right? Like love, big L love is being able to see the whole picture and still, um, yeah. and still look, you know? Not just the love still part, also the respect part. I think when you oh, get yeah. your ass kicked, you learn how you fucking should behave, like how the other team behaves. Because if they do stupid shit, you'll be like, come on, man. And then, but you also learn from it. You're like, okay, make sure you don't do that when you get well, on a dude. team where you kick ass. Yeah, and that's where that's where the the like you said, like I think it's the only way you learn that respect is is by getting beat down. And I and I think and and it's like there's a real strength and honor to being able to take that time and ride it and not sweep it under and really experience it and feel it. You know, not necessarily to never feel it again because it's like welcome to life, but to remember that like you know i don't know yeah to have to have compassion for other sides going through it so that even then when you're winning it makes the winning stronger because then you're like you have that feeling to compare it with and then it also broadens what that like what we were talking about about competing and having every pitch be a win like i don't think dude i don't think you can get that if you didn't completely get your butt kicked by the game um, because, you know, it takes a lot to like, like, you gotta be, you gotta be in some pretty tough spots, dude, to actually be on first base after you reach on an error and you're over 15 and be like, all right, now, like, it sounds good, but then to be like, yeah, to be like, how can I get to second? How can I score? Mm -hmm. You have to really be getting your ass kicked to be able to genuinely see the value in what that next pitch is. Um, so yeah, it's like, uh. Thich Nhat Hanh, dude, an awesome a Vietnamese Buddhist monk talks about it where he, it's like no mud, no lotus, where the lotus flower has to grow in the mud. I feel like that's a bit of it. Like you get a team that, that loses, um, watch out because all of a sudden, you know, I don't know, man, that, that team that, that has lost and knows how to lose with honor and knows how to still play hard and find little glimpses of fun, like that surprises some people because 
you get that with some more experience and a little bit of a different level, all of a sudden those other teams that, that might have a different expectation or different kinds of pressures, you know, from different, different ways. Yeah, I think, I like, think could, you could turn yeah. it into an edge, you know, yeah. you could turn it into an edge competing wise and you turn it into a, a, a respect thing. Um, an honor, honor and respect goes through the roof, I think without having to force it or pretend. Yeah. That's well said, Frank. We'll finish our session with this one. Awesome. I appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed the session. We talked a little bit about fun competition, last day of the season, some two-strike hitting, and then if it's good for a year, or at least a part of the season. Um, what we'll do now is we'll pop one of Frank's songs in here. Um, Frank, you got anything else before we shut this down? Yeah, I, I want, like... I want to say thank you. Um, thank you to you for talking oh, about this stuff. Me. And then also thank nice. you to Thanks. the game. Yeah, dude. And thank you to the game. And then thank you to, yeah, I just like I, part of what we talked about and part of getting your, your butt kicked by the game and by life and by all of it is if, if like, if the game helps you expand what a win is by getting your butt kicked and you see what a little win can be and you're always one swing away. It's like, I think it's the same with life. Like you get your butt kicked in life as it's going to happen. Um, it might expand what gratitude kind of feels like. And then when gratitude is not forced and it just shows up, it's a beautiful thing. And um, this is one of those moments where like getting to have that kind of talk, dude. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it and it's it's cool stuff and um yeah and so thanks thanks to the game thanks to the all the people who are still playing too who like put themselves out there dude because it's a hard game and i don't care what level you're at it, when you strap it on and you go between the lines um as as i think you know a wise friend once said that that the real truth is between the lines and um, so a deep bow to anybody still playing and um, coaching and doing anything. I think it's good stuff, especially when it's honest. Whew. Yeah, gold. Appreciate it, everyone. Yeah, we got a little Facebook and Instagram page moving through life, the baseball podcast. Let's go, baby.